Hello, this is Noah Palafox, and you're listening to the Nonfiction Podcast, a podcast dedicated to identifying Black injustices and cultural criticisms. In today's episode of the Nonfiction Podcast, we will be talking a little bit about specifically the Black Lives Matter movement. What is it, and what is it about? Um, but first, to start off, I'm going to read a small excerpt from CNN. And it says, Critics said it wouldn't last. It was a blip on the radar of protest movements. It would fade away like Occupy Wall Street. With no clear structure and no strong leader, some said it was bound to fail, especially when the infighting began. But still it rises and polarizes. The Black Lives Matter movement has pushed itself into the national conversation again and again. It seems anyone can join them and anyone can claim to be a part of the movement simply by creating a Facebook page or using a hashtag. Still, it is praised as much as it is criticized. While there is no way to know exactly how large the movement has become, the organization has branched out with chapters in 31 cities and held rallies, boycotts, and other actions across the United States, according to one of the co-founders. For a group that started with the hashtag in 2012 after the shooting of Trayvon Martin in Florida, it has grown into a social juggernaut. It has changed the way people talk about police brutality and equality. Because of social media, we reach people in the smallest corners of America. We are plucking at a cord that has not been plucked forever, Patrice Marie Coloners Brignac, one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter, says. There is a network and a hashtag to gather around. It is powerful to be in in alignment with our own people. You can try it, but it is hard to avoid the conversation about Black Lives Matter anymore. And that's exactly the point. But the group is also trying to find its footing to make much more change. And part of that means really figuring out what the movement is about. Longer term, where leaders think they can do more than demonstrate and disrupt society and shut shit down, as they often chant. They say it is about much more than each individual death of an African-American man or woman. It is about what it means to be black in America. And that means learning how to make political change to address the frustrations of the African-American community. The movement wants a civil rights movement type of change that shakes up politics and breaks the cycle of violence and silence. To do that, it also must confront itself, its leadership and how it plans to operate. The group does not have one prominent leader, and that is by design. We don't have one strong leader model. You can't kill the movement by killing the leader because there are many, Kohler's Brignac says. But decentralization does not mean disorganization. We are highly organized. Still, there are those who have emerged as social media leaders, judging by their mass followings. DeRay McKesson is in front and center with 26,000 Twitter followers and counting. He drives conversation. He is poetic and polarizing all at once. He's been called everything from the new Martin Luther King to a devil intent on dividing America, depending on who is responding to him. McKesson has been protesting in some form since the August 2014 police killing of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, which was eventually deemed justified by both a grand jury and a Department of Justice investigation. He is never absent from Twitter, where he skewers police accused in killings or brutality. 
He attacks police department tactics in the media, and his prominence keeps growing among those who hate him and those who support him. While he is vociferous at times, he knows that the movement is bigger than any single person, and he wants to keep it that way. He says, I think it's a movement of many people doing important work and leading in different ways. We've only begun to see the power and impact of that type of model, he said. Which is why social media is such a big part of how Black Lives Matter operates. Activists like McKesson, Patricia Marie Kohlers Brignac, Sean King, Brittany Packett, Janetta Elzi, and Samuel Zingwai make sure to use the platform as a bullhorn to share their message with the public and inspires others to take part. In the past 15 months, the movement has gone from local outrage in Ferguson to a tidal wave of awakening across the nation. Uh, But the group tactics have come under intense scrutiny, sometimes by the very people it is supporting or has supported it. And that ends the CNN excerpt. Um, But what's really interesting, I find, is that some critics blame Black Lives Matter for worsening race relations in America, um, often pointing to polls that show Americans think race relations are worse in recent years. But Black Lives Matter activists say just because they have pointed out in racism in America doesn't mean the group is to blame. The group is also known to take over political rallies of the very people who could actually be allies in their fight. Um, When Black Lives Matter protesters interrupted Bernie Sanders, for example, at a campaign rally in Seattle in August, um, shouting their way on stage and later causing the Democratic presidential candidate to leave the event, some members distanced themselves, saying that didn't represent their agenda. But um, the way it goes, the group has positioned itself Anyone with similar goals can consider themselves part of the group and movement. Sanders, a a fellow Democratic candidate, Hillary Clinton was next later that month, but this time they wanted to make sure she heard them. So they pushed to get close and have a personal conversation about paying more attention to the group's goals. Um, I find it interesting that, um, well, I mean, you know, real, that Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump hasn't exactly escaped their ire, but he did manage to talk them over, partly because of some of his supporters that pushed out one of his protesters during a speech in Alabama. Um, But the focus has always had had to be on real areas that could change now with the leaders currently in power. Um, At an October town hall meeting in South Los Angeles, for example, Mayor Eric Garcetti showed up intending to listen and respond to the community to restore a frayed relationship. What he encountered was Black Lives Matter activists who stood up and turned their backs on him. The mayor has neglected, disrespected, and abused the black community for far too long, said Medina Abdullah, a Black Lives Matter organizer and professor of African studies grabbing everyone's attention. Um... And that was just an excerpt from the Los Angeles Times. But while the crowd may have agreed with her, I find it that some were frustrated that members of the group had sideswiped their chance to have a serious conversation with the mayor. Um, And in Minneapolis, for example, protesters occupied the police department to demand that video be released of the police shooting of a 40, uh, excuse me, 24 year old Jamar Clark. The officers involved in the death are on administrative leave and pending state and federal investigations. Black Lives Matter's members continue to protest Clark's family 
uh, and has been very thankful for the activists' support, but also frustrated at times with their tactics. Um, it seems that family members repeatedly appealed for peace and respect for property, saying that there is a fine line between protesting and cause and hurting the community. Later, the Black Lives Matter movement was the target of a shooting outside the police department, and the family again urged them to leave, this time for the group's own safety. Um, I think it's interesting that she f openly worries that the infighting can be destructive, but it shouldn't take away um, the work that needs to be done. So, um, in, in addition, the Black Lives Matter movement is actually making a concerted effort not to encourage violence. Um, it responds fiercely when accused of committing violent acts during protests, but this comes the t uh, with the territory with a loosely formed group. When you organize or encourage protests, for that matter, um, and encourage all to get involved, then the group itself and the movement bear the brunt of the blame if some become violent or destructive, as was the case in Ferguson and Baltimore. But in reality, looking at it, when we have a group of people who are emotionally um, angered by something that is so prevalent in their lives, of course, violence is going to be um, somewhat, you know, present. I mean, we can't um, just blindly say that all real change has happened nonviolently. I mean, so many, um, so much of radical change that was needed um, sparked violence. I mean, even in the civil rights era, um, with you know, people um, dis, um, excluding MLK and leaders who actually brought, um, you know, change and led and led this, excluding them, the actual black people themselves who were fighting for racial justice um, found themselves in many, many fights. And that's just natural. That's just human life in order when, you know, combating something that is so oppressive. And so um, back to the story in, in Minneapolis, the activists actually took a different tact when uh, they learned of a potential plot by white supremacists to incite violence to tarnish the movement. They told group members to make sure their faces could be seen and so fingers couldn't be pointed at them. Um, when a male walking around the crowd was asked to remove his mask and refused, the group questioned why he was there. When he said he was just checking things out, they grabbed him by the arm and escorted him out. Not today. You are not welcome to create chaos here. No, sir, they said. Um, again, some praised the group's actions while others condemned them. They were trying to police themselves, but also removed someone from a public street. Police later discovered Molotov cocktails not far from the protest site, though they never figured out who was responsible. And by the way, Mo, uh, excuse me, Molotov cocktails um, are basically uh, not good things. <laughs> uh, I'll just have you enjoy the enjoy the process of looking that up. But the threats against the group itself are now fast and furious. Most are online, but some are in person. In Minneapolis, five demonstrators were shot. Police arrested three suspects, all of them white, after a confrontation between protesters and the men. Despite the bumps, the hurdles, and accusations, the movement continues and grows across the country. The question is, what is the group's plan for the future, and will it have an impact on policy, or will it just continue to make its presence known by protesting?